The following may contain language that is not suitable for all audiences. It's time for the Low Fat Podcast. Whoops. Well, all right. The holidays are past. Well past. And so is my favorite season. Oh, poor Davey. It is poor me, man. My favorite three months out of the year just flew by this year. No more Hallmark movies for Davey. I really don't care about the Hallmark movies. It's it's more about I just I just like the I like the long nights. I like the cool ish weather. It's still coolish though. I like the rain here in SoCal. I like the rain too. I'm in a food coma. Well you did eat a whole cow. Moo So what are we gonna talk about? I got no topics today. What is that? When is that uh, something different? <coughs> I don't know, man. You never have topics to talk about. Sometimes I do. Yeah, but you always want to talk about weird stuff. <sighs> Not that I don't want to talk about weird stuff, but you want to talk about the weird stuff that everybody else is talking about. <sighs> oh, I got a question for you then. Do you think God is within or with that? What do you mean? I don't understand the question. Is he outside of you or is he inside of you? Isn't God everywhere? All right. Except in hell. So God is ever except in hell. I think he's chosen not to be there. Okay. Isn't hell supposed to be uh, without God? Yes. So. Well, that was easy. We've talked about a lot of stuff. I mean, one of the things that I had had on my podcast list was why it just seems for so many people... So eminently reasonable that everyone else sacrificed for them. But as I think about it, I come with the the incredibly... Well, I don't... It's Actually, let me back up. Every time I think about it, one thought keeps popping in my head. What's that? I really don't care why everybody else thinks that everybody else should, should, should sacrifice for them. Well... I mean, I've run into it a lot in my life. But where, where people expect me to go through all kinds of stuff for them. And I'm not even talking about close family members or friends. It's just, you know, oh, you should you should be around to make my life easier. And at that point, I'm just sitting there going, yeah, things are yeah, tough. Nah, all, yeah, nah. Things nah. are tough all over. And then, nah. then, you know, in the very few times where I would decide to, or, you know, my brain would go to, why do, why do people think that? The other thought that comes in my head is, I really don't care. But maybe people should stop thinking that. Well, I think it's... It's kind of a childish thing, right? I think it's a super childish thing, but on top of it, I just sound like, I don't care. I just think it's, how, it's funny how the most the people that think they're the most compassionate people of the world don't, don't lift a fucking finger unless it's... To, uh, you know, for their own benefit. So, in your book, or the actual definition of compassion, is that does that mean doing stuff that's not in your benefit? 
Yes. I think so. That means you got to do something that's like altruistic. It's got to be, I think that's the right expression. Um, yeah, you, you got to be willing to do something, sacrifice for somebody else. I would call that compassion. Okay. You know, you're not buying it? Well, I think it's, I think it's quite unreasonable to think that anyone would want to, would, would actually do something for someone else. Well, maybe it gives you a good feeling. Does that count? To me, it would. So that would be a benefit. Sure. Right. But I think you're probably always going to get that benefit of doing something compassionate. You're probably going to feel good about it, I would think. I mean, it feels good to help others, if that's the question, but I don't, I don't know if that's always compassion. So you think it could be compassionate not to help somebody in a certain situation? Well, if it is, I'm the king of compassion. <laughs> I mean, I, I guess you could, like, like, what if you've, like, tried to help somebody 20 times, right? And every time they don't take your advice or they're, they just continue to do the stupid shit. Is it, is it a compassionate act at a certain point to say, you know what? I'm just going to let that person, like, fall, whatever, experience the experience, you know, the results of their actions. Well, there's a whole lot of, whole lot of... In- there's a whole lot of intricacy in that in that seemingly simple statement. What statement? Which part? Well, in that scenario that you just given, that's that's incredibly intricate. <laughs> what if it's a toddler? Well, I I'm mean, not talking about a toddler. It's a stupid. No, no, I'm talking about a grown adult that does what? I don't know. Let's say like an addict, for example. Okay. Let's say an addict and. You're sitting there and you're their, I don't know, their husband, their wife, their brother, their family, whatever. And you are always stopping them from fucking shooting themselves in the ass in a big way. You know, the codependent thing. Well, but they don't that's listen. different. And at a certain point, you're like... Codependency is different, though. <sighs> I'm not a psychiatrist. Weren't you like a counselor at one point? Yes. <laughs> I was never a counselor. And I really I really never bought into the whole psychology thing. Although Who are you, Tom Cruise. What, just because I didn't buy into the whole psychology thing? Isn't that Tom Cruise's whole thing? I thought he was the therapy thing. No, he doesn't believe in mental illness. How does how does I don't believe in the whole psychology thing equate to I don't believe in mental illness? That's a big leap. Uh-huh. I just thought it would be funny to quit Tom Cruise. I would have liked to have had Tom Cruise's success in life, maybe. But the Tom Cruise? I, that's another thing. I've never wanted to be anybody else but me. I don't even, like, I don't even remember. I think it was, like, it was, like, Brooke Shields, and she was talking about mental illness or something and treating it with drugs, and he was, like, he either said there's no such thing as mental illness or... It was something along those lines. No, I'm not. I'm not one of those people that has to experience something that to to say, "Oh yeah, I believe it." That also suggests that Tom Cruise thinks that he's doesn't have any issues. Well, those are people that generally have the most issues. Yeah, according to Scott Peck. So let's get it. That's maybe it's a bad example. The example of the addict and the codependent, right? But well, look if it's if it's your family, 
then I personally believe that, yeah, you need to do stuff to help. And really the only reason why you wouldn't would be just as a, as a big move to self-preservation. Yeah. Not to teach a lesson or something. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to teach people lessons. But what, what if that's the only thing that will work though for somebody? To teach people lessons? To, to be like, they're going to have to like figure this out for themselves. Again, that's, it's, it's inter, I think that that example has a couple of intricate, has, is, has some complexity to it. And what you say may actually be what works, but on the, on the side of the other person that's deciding to just kind of let them go free, mm-hmm. that decision is probably more motivated on not going down with that anchor. Yeah. But that's never how it's communicated, right? What do you mean? I mean, I, I don't think that that's how the person would put it. They wouldn't say, well, I was afraid of going down with them in the end. Or maybe they would. I don't know. I've never been on the other side of that. Well, I've never really been on either side of that. that well, I know there's of. some pretty horrific stories about addicts. You know, they just can't, they can't help themselves. Well, I tend to avoid them. That's true, actually. I, I, I've had a few, I've had run-ins with a few addicts. But, you know, is, is, I, I guess, is it compassionate to let somebody fail? I don't know if it's compassionate, but that's usually the best life lesson. Failure. Yeah. And to bring it all back to me, if that's true, then I have got a PhD in life. You're not a failure, Dave. Oh, sure I am. No, you're not. It's not. Look, we keep on going round and round. And I, I think you're, you're taking a, a weird bent towards, a weird view towards it. Objectively, yes, I am a failure and I'm okay with it. Oh. I mean, is it annoying? Yeah. But is it annoying because, you know, my life is, is horrible without it? Well, with it, the failures, all of them. <laughs> no. You know, like, like many people in our country, in our society, you know, the benchmarks of life, I also use them to measure my life. And, you know, on that scale, I'm a big, big fat F student. Big fat F student. An American F. Yeah. Well, an F in general. I've got, you know, none of the stuff that you're supposed to have by the time. Yes, it's funny. You just have A, B, C, D, and F for fail. Yeah, I don't see where 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 the C and D is either. I mean, D is a weird grade too. Is it a real? It's a grade here, though, right? It wasn't when I was in high school. It wasn't. It was. Oh, actually, it was when. I, yeah, in, in all of the schooling. But that a I C had. is not a passing grade. C is passing. Okay. But who wants to be a C student? Well, C is a pass in New Zealand too. But a C in New Zealand is a fifty-five. Yeah, when I was in high school, a fifty-five is a failing grade. Huh. But it's more than fifty. So? Well, that's more than half. I would call that a pass. In certain stuff, yeah. Yeah. Not not when it comes to school subject. I mean, you're making it sound like school subjects are extraordinarily hard. Some of them are. School's easy. Maybe for you. No, school's easy. Being a, being a good student is easy. All you got to do is figure out what they want you to say and say it. 
But you, you, you're highly educated. It's easy to say that. Well, being highly educated has nothing to do with it. And you're smart. That, I'll, I don't know. who. Okay. You're one of those fuckers who could, like, like study hard at the end and get a good grade, right? No, no. What I, I, would, I would just kind of pay attention. If I, if I, like, I can't, I couldn't cram. Oh. You know, like, like cramming everything the night before. Uh-huh. Instant F. Huh. Actually, no, I, the, the lowest grade I ever gotten in, in college was when I did that the first couple of times. So you, the essential for you was showing up. I'd just go to class, wouldn't, you know, maybe skim the readings. Uh, I, you know, studying, I, I really didn't have to study. <sighs> you suck. But. If I... Dude, I had to show up to class and fucking study and cram both. That's three. I had to show up to class... Study. Study, and sometimes I would cram as well. Yeah, cramming cramming never never did it for me. That that just kind of... That just kind of messed stuff up. But if I paid attention, um, you know, read the materials, not try to study it, but just read it, invariably I did pretty well. But when I skipped classes... Or tried to tried to cram like the night before for, um, I think I did it once for a midterm with a buddy of mine. The cramming thing. Yeah, and like he, caffeine. And- yeah, he got an A, and I got like a C minus. Wow. And so the next time, for the final, he was like, "Hey, you want to study?" I was like, "Okay," but he would study, and I just kind of futz around. Cause I've been going to class and like, you know, looking at the readings and, and you know, we'd always, we, and, and it's college. So you just kind of basically were cramming with him just to be a good guy. Well, I was with him. He was cramming and I was just kind of, you know, playing <laughs> video games. We'd go to the engineering school and, uh, there was like the network video games that they would have. So I'd play some of those, um, play some Tetris or whatever. Uh, was he over, like, what are you doing? Look over my notes and like, 11 o'clock rolled around and said, Hey, you want to get a snack? And he was like, no, I gotta, I gotta finish crabbing. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to go back to the dorms, <laughs> go back to the dorms, kind of wind down to about 12, 1230, go to sleep. Um, or, you know, watch a movie or something. And yes. then, you know, be a little nervous for the exam, just kind of shake it off. And how can you watch a movie if you're nervous? Like, there's just no way I was doing any of that shit. Well, I, I wasn't just, thinking about eating or playing games or I just I just realized that's what helped. I mean, you know, in, in in law school I did I did some some heavy studying, you know, before. Well you gotta do I feel like the memorization is key. Well yeah, uh, but but I realized but in law school, you know, attendance is mandatory, so I, did, I couldn't skip any classes. That helps. I mean, you, you gotta go to class. You but, gotta fucking uh, go to class. Well, it's like that. It was like when we took the bar exam, man. I mean, there were all those people trying to study in between the breaks, you know, during lunch, <sighs> and just you know. I hate people that sit there and say, start talking about the exam from the morning. Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't you get in some guy's head? Not not intentionally. Didn't you? Weren't you like, oh, you didn't? Oh, you, now I remember. Yeah, you it didn't was say, oh, you didn't see the surprise on that fucking. T- <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was annoying you. Well, he was. Like, That's fucked up, dude. But you know, I remember. He probably fucked up his whole exam. He was probably thinking about that going into the afternoon session. <sighs> I I don't think so. I just remember you were that I, you were asleep, right? Yeah, took a nap. And I fucking woke you up. I'm like, we need to get back in, and you're like, 
fucking sleeping. I'm like, dude, <laughs> there's no way I would be sleeping on a break, man. There's just no way. Well, we got, didn't we get like an hour and a half or two hours to lunch or something? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we, 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 we got a burger. Yep. Uh, we, we got a burger. We smoked a cigarette and uh, we had like what? An hour left. I didn't really sleep on the, the night before the bar. The second. Oh, time I, I did. I did. It. I did. Um, I think I, I ordered some room service. I uh, I didn't follow. So if there's anybody that's that's studying for a bar exam, um, <laughs> excuse me. You know, they, they they tell you to to make things easy on yourself, be close to the place, you know, be comfortable and all that junk. And because I'm so stingy, um, I remember. I remember. It, I remember um, for the bar exam in California, I went to the Red Roof Inn that was like twenty minutes away. was was my was my hotel room, and I, I went and had had Sizzler. Yes, I like Sizzler for dinner that first night. Watched a movie and uh, went to sleep. So you went looking at materials or no? See, I'm 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 looking. I'm one of those guys that's like. What looking at materials to the second I fucking get in there. Well, that's that's just. I mean, that everyone's that's got nice. their. That's nice. Everyone's got their got their their process, but for me, it was like, look, if I don't know it now, there's no reason that you know ten minutes of of intense cramming or anything. Dude, I I got when I sat the bar and passed, I got saved by this guy called Travis Wise. And I remember he had this website called twice.com. I don't think it exists anymore, but he had all the, all the areas. Oh yeah. The elements of everything. Distilled down onto one, one page. Okay. And it fucking helped me, man. Because like I had, I, you know, I'd done the long study. I'd read all the Barbary materials and all that stuff, but I needed, I needed something that was just, this is everything distilled down to one page. And that dude did it. But don't and get, he, he provided that to everybody. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, when I was studying, basically, I fudged around up until about a month before the exam, and because the because the apartment I lived in was kind of loud during the day. Well, it was loud during the day, so basically, um, I was kind of futzing around, and then six weeks before the exam, I got into the habit of staying up all night, staying up till six in the morning, and sleeping from. Uh, from six to like four or five in the afternoon, and worked out. You would sleep eleven hours. No, no, I would, I would go, I would, I would sleep from from six in the morning uh-huh. until about three or four in the afternoon. Okay, and then I would start studying when it got dark. What the fuck did you do when you got to exam time then? Four months out, uh, well, six weeks out. That's what I started, uh-huh. and that's my that was my intense study for a month. I did that. Yeah. Then two weeks before the exam, I switched my sleep schedule. I'd go to bed at eleven, and wake up at five. And were you still were you studying elsewhere at this point, or was just studying during I was the studying there. I was studying. I was studying there. You were just studying the apartment. Yeah, because during the day it was okay. Oh, I couldn't. I couldn't study at home, man. I I had to. I actually. I think I did my study at Loyola Marymount, like in Playa del Rey. Hmm. It was fucking great because there was nobody in there. Yeah, so you know, for a month, I for a month I was on a schedule where I was up when everybody was asleep, and I was asleep when everybody was up, and then starting two weeks out, I I got back, I I I trained myself back into to sleeping normal times because they don't give the bar exam at night; they give it in the morning. Yeah, and so you know, I just made sure that I switched back over. 
Did you have anybody? Because I had a guy that sat down day one and got up like it was like an hour in it. It was like an hour in or two hours in. He fucking just got up and left. I was like, damn. No, no, no. Like I would never leave, right? Like not if you've given it a real shot, but he must not have. Yeah. So, so there was that. I don't know what I don't know what that what bearing that has on anything. It's 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 just such so different from how I study. Um, but that but that just you know it just goes to show everybody's different in certain ways. I mean, we have a lot of similarities, and in speaking of similarities, you know, everyone wants to do well in life, but the question is, is your way? Are you one of those people whose way is like the majority of people? And I have I have found for myself it doesn't seem that way. And, you know, while people love to be different, I, I don't particularly like it. But maybe people aren't that different, though. That's the thing, most people. Well, there's, there's similarities, but there are people that, that tend to do well. For, for, for most people, for more than a majority, right? For more than 50%, um, a certain way of doing things works just fine for them. But the real question you need to answer for yourself and I guess I guess this is kind of like a life observation, you know. I think I think that to have quote unquote success in life, and when I say success, I'm I'm really talking about material success, <clears throat> not spiritual. Yeah, well, spiritual success is, is is totally different. But I'm talking about just kind of getting along, having you know, having the job, having 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 some sort of financial security or financial wherewithal to 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 support or have a family to, to, to pair off, you know, get a mate, whatever. Um, none of the things that my peers and others have done has particularly worked for me. Uh, changing tack for a second. Uh, I always think it's funny when I see people who are like, just so freaked out about getting sick right during this age of the coronavirus yeah and i'm like really like do you think that afraid they seem very very afraid of death or very afraid and i'm like do you think your life is that important it's a, it's that important to them but i i see it more as a window onto what they're into their into their psyche there it goes again the psychology yeah please do tell well if you're if you're really that afraid of dying or getting sick and dying, right? Then I submit that you probably don't really believe in fate um, as much as a lot of people in our in our society spout off about karma. Right? They don't believe in it. They do when it's convenient. People don't even understand what fucking karma is. So, um, but. But at the, at the, at the heart of that belief structure is, from my standpoint, someone who believes that they are actually in control somewhat of life. Yeah. And I disagree with that. I don't, I don't think that you have any kind of control of anything in your life. Now, oddly enough, you act or you, you behave in a certain way, right? You behave like you do. 
I do. I believe I, I behave in a way like I do, so I don't go standing in the middle of traffic. Right. Well, I that's just crazy. I don't. I don't do. I don't do eight balls. I don't run around having rampant sex. Yeah. You know. I don't. I don't. I don't behave in a way that would that would invite. Hell, you don't even sif. There's a lot of stuff in the water that I don't like. Wow, there's a lot of sifting snally. Poo being the big thing. Well, yeah, there's that. But, you know. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I behave in, a, in such a way because it is imprudent to stand out in the middle of traffic. But if you go and stand out in the middle of traffic, then... I think you're inviting that time to be sooner. <laughs> and, you know, to Custer, right? Custer is a, a great example of that to me. Well, he did die, though. Right, but not where he thought he would. Civil War going headlong into into cavalry charges. I don't know if he was in the cavalry, but he he pretty much, you know, he was he was foolhardy. Yeah. And and you know he would he would charge headlong into 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 hurls into into hails of gunfire. And he did not die. Not a scratch. Not he didn't just not die. Not a scratch. Yeah. Now you know. That could just be, you know, kudos to, for being dumb, right? He graduated dead last in his class at West Point. I wonder if that was what led to his downfall in the end. Uh, well, depending on who, probably, right? depending on which biographers you you look at, and uh, he must have thought he was freaking. He did. He probably thought he was bulletproof, but on top of that, he was really trying to to get some glory because the the army, up until the Second World War, the army was just not a place to go to to get anything. Right. Right. I mean. There are stories about people who, who would spend 20, 30 years, officers who would spend 20, 30 years in the Army and not get beyond captain. Oh, my God. And that's, you know, for the people that don't know anything about the military, that's the third rank, the third officer rank. Awful. Right? Even even uh, Pershing, um, as an aside, General Pershing, uh, he was a captain, and the Army staff were the ones that... that gave the promotion list to the president to say, okay, this person should be the army chief. These people should be the ones getting promoted. Mm-hmm. And the president, I think it was Roosevelt, uh, said, no, Jack Pershing is going to be, um, he's going to be a general. He's going to be the army chief of staff. So he went from captain, <laughs> captain to general. Yeah. Why? Is that just because the president liked the cut of his jib? Uh, I, I can't remember. But as as I recall, it was because because the President Roosevelt was, uh, I believe it was Roosevelt that did it, was just like, you know what? The Army is just a crap show. You know, these guys, these guys, you don't get, you know, you don't get ahead in the Army unless you are a part of the bureaucracy and whatever. And it's not like Pershing was some outsider. I mean, he went to West Point. He did all, you know, he did all the stuff. It's just, it's just the senior officers didn't want to, didn't take a shine to him, I suppose. So if you think the time of our death is fated, do you think everything else is fated too? Thinking about it from a logical perspective, yeah. So you should just kind of like relax and go with the flow at all times then? Well, that's kind of what I try to do. But that's so fucking hard. Well, yeah, it's remarkably hard. It's not like I succeed at it. I mean, imagine if you're the relaxed go with the flow guy, like, I don't know, in a company setting. Did you do the? Did you do the? Well, did you do the trip for the meeting? You're, uh, no, you're confusing. I'm just, you're confusing things. You're confusing things, right? I'm just going with the flow. You, you have you act like you have control, but you know you don't. 
so in a in a company setting or you know in school or whatever you do the work right right because you know not to would be like standing out in the middle of a uh, middle of uh, the 405 freeway right and for those of you that are outside of southern california the 405 freeway is an incredibly well it's an interstate actually it's not it's just in california but it's it's okay i'm i'm going off it's it's an incredibly busy Oh, and way, and super dangerous, and even more so now. Well, yeah, it's like a 10-lane highway. Now we don't have, like, seems like there's no highway patrol, so everyone's just racing yeah. their cars. It's like six lanes in each direction in a lot of places. Yeah. Of cars going over 80 that miles an hour. First free, that was the first road I drove on, by the way. Oh, in America? The 405 freeway, yeah. That's, uh, that's My wife at the time, she was sick of me, like, criticizing her driving in New Zealand. That's a trial by fire. And so she pulled up, it was like rush hour, fucking 405 north. She pulled over on the side of the freeway just after I'd arrived, and she picked me up from the airport, and she was like, Ray, you're driving. Yeah, that's like that's like trying to drive in Chicago when I was uh, when I was a young man. But it was a good, it was a good thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't I don't think that I I don't think that I could drive in Europe. I mean, tiny roads and well, in England, tiny roads and on top of that, wrong side of the road to be driving on. That's just crazy. Oh yeah. So you know, and they have those fucking autobahns too. That's Germany, but at least it's on the right side of the road that you're driving. Oh yeah. Oh wait, Germany's same side as the United States. Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Okay. I thought everywhere in Europe was on the other side. No, it seems that the the left side of the road was was is like what Sweden, New Zealand. Well, that's 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 British Commonwealth. England. England, yeah. Is what side do we drive on here? Because what is it? They, they... It's left side here. Is it? No, right. So New Zealand's right. Left side. Left side. I mean, I, I give you crap for being a horrible driver, but on top of that, you are. But no, also, it's it's understandable you grew up driving on the the wrong side of the road. You know the way. You know the way to to switch between countries, right? Steering you don't wheel? think of left or right. Yeah, you just you, you you just say steering wheel middle of the road, and if the steering wheel if if you're not by the middle of the road, then there's a problem. Ah, that's good. That's a good trick. And then you don't get into the left right mentality. So the steering wheel needs to be closer to the middle of the road. Yeah. Even and though if you're, it's not, then you're on the wrong side of the fucking road. Even though you're driving on the extreme side of it. You you on the steering wheel yeah. need to be if the, closest. If, the passenger seat, if you see the passenger seat and then the middle of the road, you got a problem. Yeah, well, okay. Yeah. A guy who's a location manager told me that, and I was like, oh, that's fucking great. Then that's you genius. Get away from the left-right mentality. Yeah, that's so, um, yeah, so... So yeah, the whole idea, yeah, when 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 you're sitting there thinking about go with the flow, just don't do anything. Number one, I think as a person that's impossible. Yeah. But you know, what I do is is from my standpoint, I, I know I'm not in control of anything and no matter what I do really has no effect. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not gonna give myself more reasons. I've got enough reasons to doubt and question and be like, oh, I should have done this to regret, whatever, right? Yeah. I'm not going to give myself more reasons to regret. So, for example, in a, in a work environment, you know, you don't do anything, go with the flow, and you get canned. Well, that's, that's conventional. That's common thinking, right? That, that will happen. If you get into a job and you don't do anything, you'll probably get canned. Yeah. Unless you're in Congress or, you know... All joking aside, right? right? But 
so in order to to prevent my own recriminations of myself and my actions, I do everything that I think I should be doing. Right? I show up early, stay late, do the work, try to be try to get along, try to do try to be good at what I do, all that stuff. And and you know, and if I still get canned, which has happened quite a few times, yeah. Then it's like, well, okay, well maybe I just suck. So there you go. Right? I'm not going to I can't regret that. I can't regret being better. <laughs> Cuz yeah. that's just not in my that's just not in my in my bucket. Right. To use a use a fire uh, a fighter a fighter pilot's jargon. Yeah. So, you know, all all the effort that that I or we put in into life is really to keep ourselves well, okay, I'll just say it from my perspective, all the efforts that I have put and still do put I'm a, I mean I'm a I'm a grand failure but I'm not a I'm not a quitter. Yeah. All the efforts I put in is so that, you know, later on I'm not like, "Oh, maybe I should have showed up to work every day." Right. Or, "Oh, maybe I should have volunteered to do some more stuff." Right. Or even in school, right? "Oh, maybe maybe I shouldn't have skipped all those classes. I didn't skip any classes outside of my freshman year." Yeah. You know, I skipped very few. So so that's that's the thing. The the stuff, the effort we put forth, I the effort that I put forth is to prevent me from sitting there looking back, going, "Oh, I could have done more." Well, no, I couldn't have done more. Only thing I could have done was be somebody different, and that's impossible. That is impossible. So there you go. No regrets about my efforts, which is probably why I have no regrets in life, really. I don't know if I have regrets or not. You know, because it's twofold, right? I don't regret not doing things that I should have done. And, you know, I did everything I could. Yeah. Or at least I think that. Maybe I could have done more. I don't know that I could have. But I'm not gonna, I'm not sitting around going, oh, you know, I should have asked this girl out. Or, oh, I should have taken choice B. Or, oh, I could. Because, you know, I don't, I don't think the choices you make in life really kind of affect your life. Oh, there's so many people, though, that's... And and they're and they're they welcome. They have that thought, right? and they're I welcome. Mean, yeah, they're welcome to have that thought. They're welcome to that philosophy. I'm not here to change your mind about that. I don't even think that people would think of it as a philosophy, though. It is. It's like, oh man, you know. It is. It's 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 rules of engagement. It's rules that you live your life by. To me, that's a philosophy. So you're not you're not in the M M&M and M camp. The one shot, gotta make it count, or is that different? I'm both. The one shot, got to make it count. Do everything I can. It don't happen. Wasn't supposed to happen. Right. Okay. Ugh. So it's it's kind of, it's it's kind of a mix. Nothing I can do is going to change things in my life. But I'm not going to not do anything because oh, it doesn't matter. Because if you try to live in that nihilistic way. You're welcoming mental deterioration. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen to a man, to a person? No purpose. I mean, yeah, that's one of them. But what's the worst feeling you've ever had? Probably regret. Really? Because I would think that the worst feeling that you would ever have is the times that, if you can think back on your life and the times that you felt really, really bad, like horrible. It was the times that you felt helpless. 
that you felt that you couldn't do anything. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I call that failure. Is it a failure not to be able to get up and walk if you're handcuffed and tied to a chair? No. I think of times in my life where I, I feel like I was a failure and then that led to whatever happened. I mean, is that what you're talking about? No, helplessness, the, the, where you can't do anything. Well, I also was in a state of helplessness at that point. Right. Okay. So, like, being helpless is probably the worst feeling that anyone could ever have. And all the bad stuff kind of, I think, the helplessness aspect, the feeling of helplessness is the root of pretty much all your bad feelings. You know, when you're watching a movie and there's a scene where somebody's, you know, got to do something... Well, like the scene in in, uh, in uh, Saving Private Ryan, where the audience is Oppum. Right. And there's nothing that they can do. And they're watching Oppum not do anything. He's just cowering. And they hate Oppum. They're just, you know, as an audience member, you are, you are filled with all kinds of negative emotion because that person is in a position to do something and, and he's not. Yep. But that character is the audience. Interestingly, he really is the audience too. Yeah, and um, so so when you when you can't do anything, that is the worst. If you could do something, you tried something, it didn't work. You don't you don't feel bad because you just sat there and did nothing. Yeah, you feel bad because you because you know something didn't happen. But it's kind of a head trip though because. What you're saying, though, about your philosophy is psychologically, if you do everything you can do, possibly do, right, then you're going to be feeling better, ultimately. But the big picture view is you have no fucking control. So ultimately, it doesn't matter whether you try it or not. Like, not not in terms of the psychology, but just in terms of the result. Yes. That's, I've always had difficulty with it. I have difficulty with it still, and it's my, it's my, it's my philosophy. I mean, I like the philosophy, but, I just... But, you know, when I look back on my failures, I don't feel bad that I didn't do anything. I feel bad that I tried something that didn't work. Right. But that's not, that's not my bag. That's not my responsibility. Whether or not something works, Right. So I wonder what the net effect of this never trying stuff is. The net effect? Yeah, on a person. I would think that it would just be hell on earth. Quite frankly. Yeah. Because I'm a doer. (laughs) Oddly enough. I don't like watching. I don't like sitting around doing nothing. But interestingly, you can sit around doing nothing. If there's nothing to do, yeah. I can only sit around doing nothing for not that long. And then I start losing my fucking marbles. If there's nothing to do, then yeah, I can sit around and do nothing. Having nothing to do is, I think, is my, that would be my hell. Right. Helplessness. I'm going to put you in a room and there's Helplessness. not going to be anything to distract you. No, not, see, you're, you are describing helplessness. What I, what I just said was probably what, what, what which is what the, the hardest thing is. Helplessness is the hardest, is the hardest state of being for, I would say any, any so when, man. When I think of like the worst times in my life, like the worst days or whatever, it always felt like the rug was pulled out from underneath me. Yeah, because you were helpless. And that, 
it felt like my reality got turned on its head. Like everything I thought was like concrete, everything that I thought was, you know, this is how things are going to go, didn't. It fucking went in the ex- exact opposite direction in a very bad direction. And then it was this feeling of groundlessness, of having fucking nothing under my feet. Now, is that helplessness? That might be a little bit different, but I'm not a psycho, psycho, psychologist. Yeah, it's like the literally the rug being pulled out. That's what it felt like. I would submit that that would be a feeling of helplessness. Hmm. Can't do anything to fix it. Can't do anything to stop it. Yeah. There's nothing. You can't do anything. Uh, yeah, but it, it, it fucking turns your mind on its head, though. Which is why I said I think being the, the net effect of always being helpless is yeah. probably hell on earth. But sometimes I felt like those moments like opened up other stuff. Why do you think people go nuts in solitary confinement? But there was always like a period where it like led to other stuff though after that. But maybe that's just life. I don't know what you're thinking about there, but I think I think we've bored ourselves enough with talking about really nothing. That was nothing. We should just call this the nothing podcast. Miscellaneous nothings. Well, Next time we can talk about stuff that everybody else is talking about, I suppose. Yes!